Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Mr. Poole, what's, what's up with you this evening, man? Man, just enjoying this weather. Man, ain't it been nice? Yeah, we, we seem to have a weather update all the time, but it's it's been really nice here lately. Um, you know, other than the tornadoes that hit part of Mississippi the other day, that was, that was man, pretty that's, bad. Yeah, I know I went over, over that part of the world, um... I think it was Tuesday. I had to go. I had to go over to the Heidelberg area, a coworker and I, and we got an office over there. And we had to. We kind of strolled through the the town of Soso. And I tell you what, man, that was, that was pretty unbelievable. That's uh, it's a lot of those people that you know lost their lives, of course. But um, I don't know exactly what area all that happened. But we uh, we rolled through the little town there, and it's a small town, you know, similar to to like some of the ones we. We grew up around, and I tell you what, it is. Uh, it was maybe two buildings within that little town that were looked remotely untouched, but everything else was. I mean, I go ahead and say I think it was a total loss. It was. It was really eye-opening of what what something like that. Uh, you know, in my my thirty-two years, I'd never seen anything like that before. Well, I talked to a forester over in jones county today and he was telling me something about the timber that they were trying to you know he had a couple customers that he managed property for over there and he mm-hmm. was trying to get a couple loggers in and see if there wasn't something in there they could salvage and he was saying that at one point the, the tornado was almost two miles wide and it stayed on the ground for like a hundred miles but yeah yeah i got i got one co-worker he lives around Sharon and um kind of texting him sunday evening when everything was happening it, it it narrowly missed him by a little over a mile i think it was and uh and he was saying that it, it was 200 plus mile hour winds and um and he was saying that it was debris recorded like twenty five thousand feet high out of, that, out of that thing and it was uh it was it was something to see man the just the damage of it i couldn't imagine being in the being in the path of it well you know growing up here tornadoes weren't that big of a deal we we never had a whole lot that i remember growing up i, I remember a few but here in the last couple of years we've had a lot more that have really yeah. done a lot more damage you know when i lived in north texas wichita falls is right up in the middle of what they call tornado alley mm-hmm. and Man, you'd hear the sirens go off, and you better find you a place to hide because it didn't. You know they, they have no rhyme or reason. They can hit one house, miss a house, you know, take out a whole block, not touch a. You know, I mean, it's just it's amazing the the force and the the sheer damage that they can do without, like, say, any rhyme or reason. But down here, never really. You know, it really wasn't in my thought process. But here lately. No, uh, we, we've had several in the last couple of years that have really done a lot of damage here locally. Something you want to keep your eye out for. But have you, you know, you're you kind of grew up like me in this area and kind of hear the old old tales. Is it if it thunders in February, it's going to frost in April? Is that is that the old saying? I believe you're right. That's that's well, the that, well, when I know when I left this morning and went to work. Um, my wife's car was parked out here in the yard. And it was a frost on it, but I don't. I didn't record if it thundered in February, but 
I'm going to say it did. As much rain as we had in February, I'm going to say it did. <laughs> um, That's for sure. I know this Monday morning I was trying to track down a turkey, trying to get my daughter enticed and going Tuesday morning. I said, well, let, I'm, I'm going to ease in and see if I can't find one this morning and get you a general area so I I, I know whether it's really worth us going or not. Because she's been kind of boycotting on me here lately. She had wanted to go. That's what I heard. And it's it's got me concerned because even luke i asked luke last night i said man you want to go in the morning i was trying to find somebody to go with me and he's like no not really (laughs) okay um i get y'all your birds last year and now this year y'all don't want anything to do with it so we're we're on that cycle right now i guess they're which he'll be a teenager next year so i guess we'll either We'll either get back on it or get off of it, one of the two. It'll go, it'll go in one of those directions. It'll huh? go in one or the other now. Old Daddy's going to hunt got, either way. We, what's that? I said Old Daddy's going to hunt either way. So That's right. That's right. Well, I know I know this will probably air right there at the end of it, but, yeah, we we getting right here toward the end of the, end of the Mississippi season, and maybe uh, – Maybe I can get a bird. I know that seems like everybody else is getting their getting their feel of them, but I would just say it. Maybe I can get a bird. You never know. Well, if you do, we may have to do an emergency broadcast podcast. <laughs> we may have to jump out there and let everybody know about it. Jump huh? out there. We may have to do a face Facebook live one and and just throw down that that you you were able to swoop in and get one. I sure had my butt kicked enough this year. I, it may be a I may I may pull a cam, you know. I may do my little dance and you know turkey nugget song and everything else to go along with it. But it's been a it's been a fun season, man. I've 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 had a good time going with going with O'Shedler, and um, it's been a good season. Even if I don't get one, man, getting out here and some birds, fooling with them, it's 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 been good. It's been well, good. The good thing on that, I'm gonna bet the man that we have on here with us tonight can can back this up with me that. Whether you're successful or not, there's a lot of lessons being learned. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I would say he's probably he's probably killed a turkey or two. Well, not today. <laughs> well, oh, he's gonna go ahead and chime in on that. <laughs> hadn't even hadn't even introduced him yet. He's going he's gonna chime in. Well, go ahead and introduce him. Let's get him on. Well, y'all, we've got what is it? A hunting land man himself, Mister Slade Priest. Slade, what's up, buddy? Oh man, thank y'all so much for having me on. We uh, it is the best time of the year. The weather's good, and uh, turkeys have been treating us pretty right. Um, I, I can go more into that, but uh, before we start in that, yeah, man, our prayers definitely go out to all those people out there. And the, you know, with the tornadoes and stuff, you know, you, you know, we just think during this coronavirus and all that, you know, things are sad. And what could happen? I mean, imagine if you lost everything you had in your house or, or your, or your, you know, your family member's life or something like that. So our prayers definitely go out to them, man. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, you want to talk about complicated, an already complicated situation. That's right. But turkeys, uh, you know, we've had a good season. I, I tagged out. I did. I didn't make it till April, so I, I, I had a good season, and uh, not been. I've had better. Uh, I think I've, I've watched eight die um, and could have seen a couple more die or whatever, but uh, had a good season. And, you know, I've been bringing this topic up to everybody I talk about, so we can talk about it today. 
if everybody's noticed, spring is so early this year. You know, I think we're 10 to 12, maybe even 14 days ahead if you watch all the ryegrass and, and the clover and the foliage. And now we're dealing with these gnats. And everybody who's listening is thinking, you dang right we're dealing with these gnats. They're horrible. And, you know, I, I honestly think that the turkeys are – the turkeys feel like May 1st. They're just, you know, it's April 16th, I think, today. And they just, they're very nonchalant. Not saying you can't get on a hot bird, but I get to, I get to go to a lot of properties and, and hear a lot of turkeys. And they're not acting like they're fighting to get to the call right now. You know, we got in on this. You had posted that on Facebook the other day. And, you know, we had a really mild winter, in my opinion. We had a really wet winter, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that has helped the gnats and the the mosquitoes and everything just flourish even more than normal. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I think we're way ahead of where we normally are, just because we didn't have a very hard winter. So spring is coming. Well, early. well, I mean, you know, usually, you know, within the first two weeks of turkey season, me and a buddy of mine was talking about this. You're gonna have a morning to where. You know, you may have to throw on a, you know, your long john top or maybe even the bottoms in there to, to, to make that first hour or two set. And I really only had one morning like that, and it was last, I think it may have been Sunday morning, Monday. I can't remember when it was, but I throwed a little little light sleeve on and under my button up. But other than that, man, I have sweated more <laughs> this turkey season than, than I have, you know, early on than I, I can remember in a while. It's definitely, it's the first two weeks you're usually, the long johns are in the truck and they're in, usually by nine o'clock they're back in the vest. And, you know, like you said, this year we were sweating the first two weeks and it, it definitely yeah. changed some things up. It, it was different. And, and the foliage, you know, you, you have to re-gauge how far you can hear turkeys. Uh, I was telling y'all before this podcast, we got under those turkeys that we killed on accident earlier this week. And, and then, you know, once it got daylight, I went to looking up. I said, heck, a turkey couldn't see me if he tried. I could be walking around right now because the foliage was just so thick in relatively mm-hmm. open woods. Yeah. Yep. Well, what did you say? You heard one at 200 yards. You heard one at 100 yards. And then the next time one gobbled, you looked up. I, my neck is sore right now from looking for that turkey <laughs> in the tree so long. <laughs> and... and, and uh, and and and, uh, and we did get uh, Landon, my buddy, his first turkey. It, it, it was, it, you know, and if Landon, if you listen to this, you know, I, I truly mean this. Landon called me, and he started, I, I, you know, he said, I'm new to turkey hunting, and, and he said, I'd like, you know, this is what the turkey's doing, and, and, and I love this type of stuff. I mean, like, y'all, I would give up, I would give up deer, ducks, women, you name it. I love turkey hunting. I mean, I, my my body goes off 15 minutes before my alarm goes off. I live and breathe this stuff. If if Trump if I cured the coronavirus tomorrow and Trump said Slade, you can have whatever you want in my power, I'd say all right, Donald. I want unlimited tags and I want a trespass card. And I would just kill every turkey I could ride by and see <laughs> and kill in the country. I mean, somebody may want a billion dollars, but I promise you wouldn't be making me as happy as that right there. I get me a driver in an RV and we go kill him. But anyway, so he called me and he said, uh, Slade, this is a turkey Then What should I do? Yada, yada, yada. And after really talking to him, I said, Landon, listen, if you will leave him alone and give me till next week, I'll come with you and I'll help you kill this turkey. 
And, you know, that's all. But you usually have to eat your words when you say that. But we actually did kill the turkey, and uh, it worked out really good. Turkey had, I, we didn't measure, but close to inch and a quarter spurs, big old beard, kind of a rutted down turkey, if that makes any sense. And there was five, I think, two-year-olds that was uh, whipping him. So it was a pretty cool uh, pretty cool hunt and cool to get him on his first turkey. Man, that's awesome. He was he was all smiles. I'm I'm friends with him on Facebook, and I seen I seen the post he put on there. Boy, he was he was all smiles about that. That was a it was a good looking hunt from even the Facebook pictures. It was, and you know I've had a good season, but the hunt that brings the biggest smile to my face, and y'all will see it. It'll be let me see episode the, the let me see the fourth episode of Turkey Seasons out right now. The fifth episode is going to be really cool. So my buddy Bear Cub is our producer. One of our producers are trained assassin and our new producer for the new show. And Bear Cub, uh, he, we were going to get him his first Mississippi turkey. I was tagged out. Ryan was tagged out. So now it's Bear Cub's turn. You know, it's it's a big Bear Cub's turn. And me and him got whipped for a couple of days. And um, we didn't hear a turkey gobble this, this morning that I'm talking about. And about 10 o'clock, I'm to the guide shack. I've been working on my phone for an hour in the truck, and I get to the guy check changing clothes. i got to go show some property, meet with some landowners, that sort of thing. I step out behind the guy check at, uh, at my parents' place in Turkey Gobbles. Y'all apologize. My dog's barking in the background. But anyway, Turkey Gobbles. Hold on just a second, y'all. got to get the dog quick barking. <laughs> but anyway, Turkey Gobbles behind the guy check. And so I called my wife, and Lori, with this coronavirus and all, my parents are not living around here as much right now. Her parents are kind of quarantining. And, and so she's been having to watch Asa, our two-year-old. And so she had not been able to go turkey hunting. So I told Luke, I said, Luke, if, if we can find Lori a turkey, you bring her, and I'll watch the baby. And anyway, turkey calls behind the guy. She's like, I'll call Lori. It's 1030 at this time or so. And, uh... I said, hey, come over here. I'll bring Asa. I'll watch Asa. You and Luke go get this turkey. You know, turkey gobbling at 1030 on his own, you ought to better kill him. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, she said, sentence. well, just so, yeah, just so happens, um, the lady, Miss Betty, that uh, that works over at my parents' house sometimes, she's over here. Asa's watching TV. I'm coming. 17 minutes later, the turkey's dead with beautiful video. Awesome. Mm. She got her clothes on. We got over there. I yelped. Turkey gobbled the second time. I yelped. We set up in the field. I, by the time I got us set down and, you know, we got, okay, we good camera, yada, yada, yada. I called again. He cut this or in half. I hear him drumming. Lori, there he is. Walk up to the decoy. Pop, pop, pop. Gobble, shoot him, boom. It's beautiful. So Lori hunted 17 minutes and got her turkey. <laughs> Jacob, that's about like our little uh, little turkey hunt we went on last year. I don't even know if it was 17 minutes, but well, all concluded, maybe. Part of it sounds like ours, but the thing about beautiful footage does not. <laughs> Slade, I don't yeah, know if you've heard little, us talk about this, empty. but about the time the bird got where I could get him on camera good, Jeremy shot him. He hadn't even, he was still, what, 30, 40 yards from decoys? He's in Probably. full strut drumming. I mean, he's putting on a show. And about the time I get the camera focused on him good, I had a small tree in front of me. And about the time I get it focused on him good, wham! I'm like, what? That, what part of we were going to film this? But, but Slade, <laughs> this is one of those birds that had gotten me like four or five mornings. 
And I just, I just, uh, I told Jacob, I mean, we went back there middle of the day. I, I don't even know if I'd, you know, laid my gun in my lap or not. I just touched the slate call and he gobbled and he was like 50 yards from us. And I don't know how he didn't see us going in there. Cause we, we walked into a food plot, set decoys out and then sat down and I'd worked on him four or five mornings. Hens had been with him. He leaves with them and he, he shows up middle of the day fired up. And I'm like, no. Uh, I, hey, when he clears this branch right here, he's mine. I wouldn't worry about footage. <laughs> I wasn't going on TV, no way. Well, that's one thing that, you know, I, it's an art to getting good turkey footage. And I can, it's very few people that I can say, all right, these guys get really good turkey footage. And uh, no, getting one on video and getting good turkey footage is different. You know what I mean? Trying to get one over the oh, shoulder yeah. and stuff. And, and, you know, when we first started, I remember some of the first ones we got on video and stuff. And looking back, they wouldn't even make, they wouldn't even make the episodes this year, you know, or now. But you learn when you start videoing turkeys and you really commit to it. And it, and it really is hard. It's hard to say, all right, we, you know, heck, I've passed up turkeys this year in Southwest Mississippi before I got my limits that, that just weren't pretty videos. Pass them up. Well, then walk off. And those two suckers are still alive. They've been whipping us me and Craig. But anyway, uh, you know, when you commit to getting good footage, you learn more about turkeys than you ever did before because you realize that, you know, and this is usually hunting over decoys and, and that sort of thing, and you realize that turkeys, you learn so much about them. Once they get in that decoy trance and stuff, I mean, it's sometimes, sometimes it's hard to even run them off or make them stick their head up or come out of strut. Uh it's just, I don't know, it's fun. And, and I tell people that go with me that I film for the first time, I'm like, look, you do not shoot till I tell you to kill him. And it, it's just fun to go with those type of people versus like me and Blake Duvall have probably watched 150 turkeys die together. Hey, we don't even have to say anything to each other. It's just, that's all everybody knows the systems and this, and we brought these people and it's just, it's, it, it's just a well-oiled machine. And, um, you, like I said, you learn so much about turkeys when you video them. And like the turkey, uh, I shot, I, if y'all saw the episode, two episodes that came out ago, I had three long beards that one of them was at four and a half steps in the middle of some big old timber. Those turkeys were at the decoys for a minute and a half. They weren't shot in range for three minutes. And when you got three turkeys uh, drumming at four and a half to six yards, you know, it, it, it's just you learn a lot about them. I mean, when you can spur check them with the corner of your eye, you're close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I spur checked all of them, and they were all two-year-olds, so I just picked the first <laughs> one out the morning and die. Oh, man. Well, Slay, let's slow down a little bit on this. You know, you, you mentioned the early days, and I know we've we've had Ryan on here. We have Craig on here. And and they and they they brought your name up a time or two, I would say. But um, and you may have to redeem yourself a, l- a little bit on some of those stories. They, they had to throw your name out there. But but talk about the early days. You know, you mentioned trained assassins, and we we asked both of these guys this question. You know, go talk us through those early times getting started. If you had got, you know, I'm sure you got a, a little bit different perspective than them, but talk us through getting started with that and, and you know, getting all you guys together, getting the TV show going and, and all that. Well, the TV show, and, you know, I, I'm sure through this talk we'll get to where we are today. And let me start it by saying this is all a God thing. And if you look back at, at, at 
you know, not to, not that I'm somewhere, but if you look where I am today in my life and where my family is and where all of us are, and look back to where it all started, it's a God thing. If you don't, you know, you just you watch it, how it all happened at the right time, and it's just it's a really cool thing, and it makes me just smile just thinking about it, looking back at where it now. And I'll get to that later, but you know, so whenever I was young my parents uh you know they they started they have paid a plantation or, or we got half of it still sold some of it and my my parents uh we grew up you know grew up hunting out here and that sort of thing and and i saw i got a really unique deer education because i saw tatum plantation go from a hundred percent unmanaged place to a place that was as good a low fence hunting as there was in southwest mississippi our, the year before my parents put up their high fence, um, they went. I we killed a, uh, eleven bucks, one twenty to one fifty two. I killed the one fifty two. Uh, knowing what I know now, the deer would have the next year would have probably been one sixty, one seventy. Easy, even a four year old, fourteen point, and just a beautiful deer. But anyway, uh, and then when I was fifteen, we were one of the first high fences in Mississippi. Now everybody listening to this podcast, I'm not a huge fan of high fences. But I love Tatum Plantation because, I don't know, I'll get to that. So Tatum was a deer education, like, and, and it was a timing thing. So I started my deer education. I got to see that and the management and getting it to there. Okay, then we put up the fence. We go to a whole new level of management. Now, there was no deer brought in. There was no breeder pens. These are just like if every one of us circled around our house and took 2,200 acres and put it under fence. That's what Tatum was. So, you know, I got to watch those deer, and all of a sudden, all the deer we wanted to weren't getting shot. And three years later, we had 180-inch deer walking around. And then everybody in the county, oh, well, they brought all those deer in. I can show you those deer's pictures and video before the fence was ever up. It was just letting the right ones get old enough. And, you know, everybody talks about those deer, but they don't talk about the dozens and, and hundreds of 115 to 110 100 or 106 points that we had to kill to get to that point. And I say all this to say I got a really cool deer education. We put up the fence when I was 15, and so it, it was a perfect time for me to learn and my young brain to sponge into loving deer hunting as much as I do. And if it gives y'all any, uh, Jacob is sorry, kids hunting, Whenever I was younger, I killed some turkeys, but it wasn't until 18 and I got to college and ball and all that kind of stopped that I just really loved it. Now, I killed a couple when I was younger, so what I'm saying is there hope. there's hope for the, for the kids. Um, but, um, you know, so we started at Tatum Plantation. We started selling some hunts when I was 16 years old. And after a couple of years of, of, of help, an outfitter from Texas that was helping us, I started doing it all myself. And finally, my dad said, Slade, I'm, I'm too busy to run this business. If you want it, here it is. So, you know, from the time I was 18 until I still sell some hunts out here today, I started a business called Country Boy Outfitting. Well, I met Craig at college. Craig came home and started guiding with us. And it was cool because we all played MPSA back then, football. And so I knew Craig's name when I saw it on the freshman roster at Bellhaven because I'd played ball against him and ran track and that sort of thing. So we hit it off. He started hunting with me. And I remember, I still got some of them. The sh I, I had some shirts made. I said, beware, or a warning. Train, uh, it was uh, Country Boy Outfit and Trained Assassins. 
and that was just the nickname we gave our guides. We started filming a little bit of our stuff, and then, of course, we got Ryan, and uh, we got Blake involved first, then we got Ryan involved, and we were just playing. You know, we were just, we were just kids having a big time. Never put a lot of money into it or whatever. All of a sudden, people started paying attention. We started getting some sponsors. Boom, before you know it, we're on TV. We're up for an award at the Sportsman Channel. You know, we're living the dream. And, and you know, it was seven years of a blast, a life experience that I will never, never get to replicate. I mean, it was, I mean, you know, we got to rub shoulders you know, sat in the same room with Trump Jr., got to hear Trump speak, got to hear Ted Nugent uh, sitting right in front of us and play the Star Spangled Banner. I mean, you know, just just an unbelievable time and experience. Um, and even through all that time, you know, we were on TV. I'm, I'm so much better of a deer and turkey hunter than when we started training assassins because of nothing I did but the knowledge and experience in the places, because every, and, and Jacob, I know from the places you've gone and hunted, when you go to Kansas, when you go to Oklahoma, when you go to Texas, you learn something, even though those turkeys are deer are easier to kill, you learn something and you bring it back to all your hunting knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm so much better of a hunter and, and uh, conservationist and, and know so much more things through that experience. So, it was. I know that's long-winded, but it's been a, a, a life experience to now that that I've never been able to replicate it. And it's all been a God thing. It's just it, it, the right people at the right time, you know. Yeah. Anytime, anytime you go and you hunt, you know, somewhere else, you always pick up something. You learn something new each time, and you know you're hunting. And like you say, when you're hunting with a camera, it's a whole different ball game. There's shots you don't take that you would normally take. There's that, you know, you're having to set up differently. You're having to approach things differently than you would normally. You know, we, we try to film turkeys, and I, I got a one of the ones I killed this year on the shot cam, and guy messaged me, and he said, how, how horrible was that footage? I said, man, I had to belly crawl through a briar patch to get up to the where they were at. I mean, it, there was nowhere to set up a camera. So, I mean, I was there to kill a turkey. I really wasn't worried about the footage that day. Oh. <laughs> to where had we been trying to film it, we would have had to set up completely different and probably waited. We'd had to set up further back and waited on them because you couldn't call at them. They were, it was three gobblers together and they were not doing anything with the call. So I just had to run around and get ahead of them and probably could have still got one, but it would have been a, a whole different challenge. Y'all said something earlier about, you know, on the Facebook live, if, kill, if y'all kill a turkey, do you know that you're talking to the man who got the first ever Facebook Live turkey kill? So I was tagged out. We were doing the Beards and Boars competition. Uncle Rusty had one more tag. Turkey comes in the field, coming down the road to us. And I remember that Facebook had just done this live thing. So I just clicked on it and had good service. I had 600 people. Why Uncle Rusty shoot this turkey walking up there? It was pretty cool. Oh, man. Now, I only had But, uh... We're going to have him on here before too long. I met, I talked to him the other day, and he said he had plenty of time right now. He was ready. I, that's one of my – you know, me, Uncle Rusty pretty much taught me how to turkey hunt. And and I, this is the first year I've, since I've been turkey hunting I have not been with Uncle Rusty. Um, he wasn't feeling real good last year. He got I got him a bird open in a week. That's a whole – I'm going to tell that story in a second. That's a whole other story, but – 
uh, <laughs> he, uh, he wasn't feeling real good. But I was looking forward to this season getting him on some turkeys, but with all this COVID stuff, he's just being playing safe, which is probably smart. And, and um, you know, he's always had a little breathing trouble, and so it's that he's high risk, and you know, with his age, so he's he's playing it smart. But let me tell the turkey hunt story. So Uncle Rusty night in daylight, I never forget. It was six thirty-eight, early season, opening week. Turkey gobbles, but it was through this nastiest cutover ever. And I said, well, a turkey apparently comes to the field. There's gobbler tracks in the field on the edge, and he's over there. He's come. So we sat up there, and we sat up there, and we looped around a half a mile, and we couldn't get him. Finally, I said, come on, Uncle Rusty. And I drug him through that cutover, making and breaking every stick. I said, I don't know how he ain't going to sneak him. Finally, I got in there, and I remember... You know, one of those times when you sneak in there close and a stick breaks when you sit down and a turkey gobbles at it. That was the situation we were in. And we were sitting on a creek bank. There was no decoy or nothing. We were just sitting on a creek bank and I was filming. Well, here, I yelped, here coming turkey. This is mid-morning. Here coming turkey down the ridge. And, um, and <laughs> he starts coming down the ridge. And there's two hens ahead of him. And what had happened, I had got the hens interested, and he was just following the hens. And I saw kind of what was going on, the demeanor and everything, and they were going to cross at about 45 yards. It wasn't going to be no dead coming to us. They were just kind of coming by us. And about the time the turkeys are re- they're about 70 yards, and they're really looking, you know, where I've been down there calling, Uncle Rusty starts moving and making all this noise. He said, what are you doing? And he said, I got a cramp. <laughs> I said, and I looked, I mean, me and Uncle Rusty are really, really close. I said, I said, deal with it. And anyway, Turkey walks up there. He shoots the turkey. And, and, and I turned to the camera and he goes, what do you mean, deal with it? He said, I'm going to laugh when you get old one day. And oh, we sat on that creek bank and laughed. He said, what do you mean, deal with it? <laughs> Well, he was he was just making a little noise, sound like old hen scratching over there. That's all he was trying to do. Yeah, he was helping something the situation between, out. Something between that and a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, I love hunting with him, man. He's uh, you know, it's it, it's it's been a really cool experience. So you know, coming up, Uncle Rusty. I mean, he bought the Lynch collars from Lynch himself and had them hand to I mean, you know, I, he gave me my first 1965 um, Lynch call. And, you know, he was he grew up in a generation that wasn't a whole lot of turkey. And, uh, you know, if he gobbled at you on the roost and yelped at him, you know, three little old short yelps, you just sat there till 11 o'clock till he got there, you know. And, 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 that's a, and there's nothing wrong with that type of turkey hunting. Now, of our group, I would say I'm probably the most aggressive uh, you know, as far as, you know, we're going to get these suckers killed. And I'm small, and I use a lot of woodsmanship. Ryan's probably the best caller of all of us, uh, or he should be anyway. He's, he's, uh, he'll make you put your calls in your pocket. But Ryan will tell you, I'm, I ain't afraid to call him in front of nobody. I'm supposed to possibly hunt with Eddie Salter next weekend, I promise you. When he breaks out his call, I'm breaking Ryan out, too. I, I, come, I come to play just like everybody else. But, um, you know, it's been a fun experience with – you know, taken from that school of thought to my aggressiveness and, and, and decoys and getting good video and, you know, uh, look, I, I totally believe, you know, if he gobbles at you and you sit there and, you know, he's probably going, you're going to probably kill him if you sit there until 11. 
I'm not necessarily sure I want to kill that turkey. I have to sit there till 11. I'm going to find one that wants to die a little worse. Um, you know, if it was between me, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with three screaming two-year-olds every year in Mississippi. They don't have to be inch and a halfers for me. I, I, I want one that wants to play the game. Well, that's oh yeah. I talked to me, a guy me too. There. I mean, you know, I've I've chased birds around this year more on public land than I have in the last. Oh gosh, I would say ten. Just due to the fact that was, that was about all I had to hunt this year. We just didn't have, hadn't had any birds on our property, and and that's what I told a buddy of mine. I was I was actually carrying him more than than uh than I'm hunting myself, and I just told him I said we just need we just need a fired up two year old. That's all we need. And he didn't really know what I was meaning by that, but uh, but I said just a fire up two year olds what we need, and and we, I think we got on a, a couple of them, but the but the lady folks got in between us, and and that was just something I couldn't uh, couldn't compete with. Now, Slade, you've got one turkey hunting video. I want to know a little bit more detail about on this podcast. I, I know it I went viral. I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I don't even have to, you don't even have to say it. I know which one you're talking about, but go ahead. The, the, the turkey, the, the one that you fanned no. out to, and the turkey actually tried to attack you after you shot at it. All right. And there's a big story behind it. Ryan was videoing that, and Craig was spotting, I guess you'd say. We were invited to hunt at the World Turkey Championships to compete for $50,000. And, you know, we, this is early days of training assassins, and everybody was there, all the big dogs. I mean, it was Mike Miller, the turkey killer, and Eddie Salter, and, I mean, you name it, they were there. You know, and we were like, oh, yeah, we, we, we Amy Wilkinson County boys, we coming, we coming home with a prize, you know. We was hunting hard. And, you know, that, that whole deal is not about the best turkey hunter. First of all, you got to draw the best farms. And second of all, I'm not sitting in the blind with a bow and uh, for three days, whatever. But anyway, so we killed on the. We had two properties we could hunt. The first property we could hunt, there was one turkey. He is no longer with us. We killed him. I think me and Ryan got to call him. I got to gobble him. He came up there and died. And then we found this other turkey on this other property we could hunt. And uh, he was out in the field. I bet he had 10 hens. If you watch that video after I shoot him, watch all the hens fly. And it was, the wind was blowing 30 miles an hour, and he was 400 yards across that field. And this was when fanning, you know, creeping, whatever you want to call it, had just become a thing. Like, I know people have been doing it for years, but this, before it got popular, and I always said, like people listening to this podcast, that all oh, that won't work in Mississippi. Well, I had done it. A week before in Mississippi, me and Blake were in uh, Franklin County, right on the edge, uh, right on the edge of uh, not too far from the home of Chitta, and we hunted this turkey and hung him, and, and he wouldn't quit gobbling. He just kept going away, and it was like one o'clock in the day, and finally I said, "Pick up that camera, stand up beside that tree, and and hit record." He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Watch," and I got that strutter, and I just started crawling up that hill, just. scratching in the leaves. I was going to him with that fan. And all of a sudden, I look through that fan. I hear, and he is running. And I shot and killed that when that was in Mississippi. So this was a week or so, 10 days later. And Craig said, go get him. And so I had a GoPro on the back of the the Thunder Chicken, and I crawled 400-plus yards across this field. It was a 
probably a 300-acre field, probably half a section field. And when I got about 100 yards from that turkey, he started coming. And, and if y'all remember, Dunny and the creeping, when you're looking through that fan, your depth perception's totally off because you, uh, you know, you're looking through one eye and all this stuff. So anyway, I'm looking, I'm looking, and all that's going through my head when Craig, uh, Craig, when uh, Craig sent me out there, if you will, was milk it. He said, milk it, like you know, make it, make it good. So I'm looking at some tall wheat in that field. And I'm looking, I'm like, all right, he's, he, he's well within range. All right, he's 10 yards. Next thing I know, I look, and he comes around the back of the decoy. And if you've never <laughs> heard one fighting purr at two foot, pretty pretty intense, you know, 27-pound gobbler in Kansas fighting purr as he comes around. So when I pick up my gun, he actually, I've got a picture of it. He hits my gun barrel of my gun at the time. Come up and, you know, just not thinking, I tried to head shoot him. 30 inch barrel with a two inch choke hanging over it, trying to head shoot him at nine inches. Of course, I missed. And then I hit him and killed him the next two shots. But, um, we actually, that hunt was up for an award for our show. Uh, it was on, uh, Real Tree Road Trips. It was up for a boy with, uh, Wydell show. Wydell was mad, uh, that, uh, that they didn't win after the, after the thing. But, um, we actually won best video at the world championships, won some money and some guns and that sort of thing. So it was a pretty cool deal. But, uh, that video actually had, uh, 2 million views on, uh, between a couple of channels on Facebook and I had death threats over it and got shared to a bunch of liberal pages. It was definitely the most popular video I have. That video is still being watched today. I watched it not long ago. Uh, that was the part that tickled oh. me. After you shot at him, the turkey backed up and then still come again. It's like, if you don't mm-hmm. think these things are aggressive when they want to fight with each other, here's you a perfect look at it. I mean, a shotgun has just gone off, what, within inches, feet of his head, and all he did was back up and come again. So, yeah, I posted it on TikTok the other day and got 30,000 views in 24 hours. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's a fun thing and look anybody listening to this thing i'm not all about crawling them i like to kill them walking up to the decoy but i do believe this if he don't want to act right that don't mean he don't need to hit the grease by dark i mean if he don't want to act right i'm gonna kill him now, i ain't going to shoot him over corn not none of that kind of stuff but if he don't want to act right he still needs he still needs to die. You know, that I, I go there to kill a turkey. I want to get him on pretty video and yuck him up to the gun barrel and all that, but that don't mean that he don't need to die. Slay, let me tell you this one. Uh, some of the guys I was hunting in Kansas and Missouri with last year, I think they were actually in Missouri. I was in Kansas on this. We were right on the line right there about Fort Scott. And uh, they come back and they were laughing. And I said, well, guys, y'all got your bird. And he said, oh, did we? He said, let me tell you what we did. They had gotten tired and sat down beside a hay bale in a field and called every once in a while, and finally they heard a bird. And he said, man, he said, we were stuck. I mean, we're in a hay field in the middle of the field. We're behind a hay bale. And he said, we're sitting there trying to debate what we're going to do. And said, I told him, said, stick the fan outside the hay bale. So that's what they did. They One of them leaned around and took his arm as far as he could and waved the fan on the side of that hay bale. And when a turkey come running up, the other one stood up and shot him over the hay bale. 
It's like y'all didn't crawl out to the bird. You didn't. He said, no, we stuck it around the corner of the hay bale, just made sure he could see it and went to moving it. And he come on a dead sprint. Yeah. If you don't don't believe it works. There's a guy in Kansas who thinks that me, Ryan, and Mikey Robertson are the, I mean, me, Craig, and Mikey Robertson are the best turkey hunters in, in America. So, we are out there in Kansas. We see that we uh, we ride by this place. It looks like a good turkey hunting place. I click on the Onyx, the guy's from A-Meet, Louisiana. I go to the door. The guy comes to the door. Craig had dated his niece, I think. And he said, yeah, man, y'all go turkey hunt if y'all want to. At that time, his son walks up, who had been turkey hunting all day, said, man, y'all trying to mess with these crazy turkeys, go have at it. Good luck. There's plenty of them. They just don't act right. We walk. We we drive a truck, and I look on the map, and there's a pipeline up ahead of us. So I said, "We'll stop right here." We walk out the truck. We ease over the pipeline. There's a strutter out there. I lean around the post, showing the fan. He runs up there. I shoot him. It's like 11 minutes later. We go give the guy the turkey. We say, "We got one." He thinks that we are the greatest turkey hunters in America. <laughs> He didn't realize sometimes when they want to go, they just want to go. Sometimes, sometimes. And that's the kind of stuff you learn, you know, out there hunting. You know, the cool thing, you'll try stuff on those trips because of so many turkeys. You know, like Nate Hosey came down and killed his first Mississippi turkey with me, I think, two years ago. And, you know, Nate, Nate if you ever hunted with Nate, he's, or, or seen him hunt, he's very aggressive. And he hunts an area, he'll tell you this, that has a lot of turkeys. And I told Nate, I said, hey, look, we got to pump the brakes a little bit. If we run through these, there's no more on this place. This is it. You know, like this place has two turkeys. This is a good turkey place around here. And, uh, you know, I, and I said, not to mention, after you get done hunting these, i got to hunt them the rest of the season. So let's just slow her down a little bit. But uh, Nate got him a turkey and um, uh, ended up being a real good hunt. But that's what I tell people, man, if you grew up in southwest Mississippi or anywhere around here and you kill turkeys consistently, you can go anywhere else in the country and kill bunches of them because they just, you know, it's just a different breed of them around here. Well, not only that, but you have more predators, in my opinion. You've got more people hunting more of a condensed area, so they're pressured more. You know, you go up north, first time i was in nebraska i pulled up to a guy's house and asked him you mind if i kill you know go hunt your place and he's like man kill them all he said i hate them he said we don't none of us hunt them and we can't stand them they're tearing up alfalfa fields and you know i think his exact was shoot the gobblers shoot the jakes shoot the hens and if you find the nest egg stomp on them it was like oh speaking of eggs okay barrett van cleve on my place today Found a nest. We were uh, we were doing some work out on the place. He found a nest with seventeen eggs in it today. All still whole. Nothing had gotten to them. No, they're all still whole. He just backed off. He took a picture and backed off. You know, the hen of course ran off. But uh, seven. I didn't even know turkeys laid that many eggs. You gonna get me to line if I try to tell you what the average nest count is? That's a lot. I say, uh, I, I've heard that, you know, I'm not saying this is a good thing. I've heard that if you go take, take eggs from a nest, you know, like if you're trying to incubate your own, which I'm not saying that I've never done that before, but I, I heard they'll keep laying. Like they'll just, they'll just be new eggs there every day till they get their fill of them. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard the same thing on that. I wonder how many of those will actually hatch. 
and how many of those would actually? I don't know, but on the place that it is, if half of them, if if they all hatch and there's, you know, let's say nine gobblers and eight hens, it'll be more turkeys than on this place right now. So I hope they do. <laughs> well, Slade, let's do this. Let's, I want to go. I need to go get. I need to go get my thermal and just go sit over it and, and protect it. That ain't a bad idea because you have to protect it from everything: coons, coyotes, mm-hmm. crows, snakes. Uncle Russ. Uncle Russ. <laughs> <laughs> well, Slade, let's move over into what you're doing now. Let's let's get more into what all I know what you've done in the past, and we've hit that pretty good. But let's let's find out what all you got going on today. Really cool story. So you know, Craig works full time for Realtree now. Uh, that was what he transitioned to after Train Assassins. And if everybody and anybody doesn't know, you know, I work full-time as a real estate agent. I've always done that. I work with uh, United Country there in Macomb. I work with Scott Lindsay and that crew. We've got a really good office, and I've been very blessed and and, and, and sold a lot, a lot of land the last couple of years. And even through this coronavirus, we're, God, no, we've been, I showed a $2.5 million place yesterday. I showed it again today. I'm showing a couple of million-dollar places tomorrow, and I got a, I got another showing on a two-point, a little over $2 million place Saturday, so. Land market's still good. Investing in land in God's country is, is, is still a good thing and still rocking and rolling. But so something that I used to work at, at, at Mossy Oak Properties, and, and when I moved to United Country, my, I was going to go, I was actually going to go work for another company and start my own business. And Scott said, just come talk to me. And I've known Scott my whole life. He claims he changed my diapers before. I was probably alive. But anyway, um, so I went and talked to Scott, and I ended up working for him. And my only complaint was, hey, if a guy's got a million dollars and he's riding down I-55 and he sees Mossy Oak properties, Whitetail properties, United Country, if he don't know any better, he's not stopping in our offices, and that's a problem. And, you know, we need a cool factor because everybody knows hunters like a cool factor. Man, we like the Realtree logo. We like heck, we, I, and the, the White Tuck Properties logo, cool logo, the Mossy Oak logo, Properties logo, cool logo. You know, we needed something. So, um, you know, I, I, Craig went to work for Realtree, and yada, yada. long story short, there was a uh, there was a chance to open up with Realtree partnering up with the real estate company. So I worked with the real estate company. Craig worked with Realtree. I also, you know, had been sponsored by Realtree for a long time, so kind of worked for both companies. And after after eight months of non-disclosure meetings and nobody knew about this and we couldn't talk about it, there wasn't about 10 people that knew about this, you know, we started Realtree's United Country. Uh, probably one of the biggest things that's ever happened in real estate and uh, and hunting industry-wise. I mean, you know, it was... Uh, it's a big and still a big deal. And that was a little over a year ago now. And, you know, those things take time to roll out, and we're rolling them out. And just so happened, like I said, a God thing, Realtree started the Realtree 365 app because all TV is, I mean, in a little while when I get off of this, me and my wife will watch a show on either Netflix or Amazon Prime or, or Disney Plus or something like that with the kids. All TV is going to apps. And digitally, so the new app, the free app, Realtree 365, our new show is Hunt United. It's myself, Ryan, Craig's been on there a little bit, but myself and Ryan are the host, and Bear Cub is our producer and on there a good bit itself. And um, 
you know, it's just been a blessing. We, we go through, and basically it's the life of a real tree land pro. You know, we, we feature some properties, features the areas that land pros sell in. Like our first episode was I went to one of our company's listings in Colorado, me, Ryan, and Bear Cub, and I killed a big old elk, and we were all there together. Ryan called him in, Bear Cub filming. And so if you're interested in elk hunting property, you click on that one online. Hey, man, this is a cool place. I wonder what the hunting is like. Oh, look, I can click on this button and watch a week of hunting with us on the place. And, like, when we do our turkey hunting around here, like, we feature a couple of our listings. Ryan killed his first turkey in Mississippi this year on one of my listings. So, you know, you can watch that hunt. If somebody's interested in that place, I can send them a copy of that hunt and watch that hunt. And Just, we're doing things that have never been done in the real estate world before. And used to be we try to do some of this with trained assassins and features of properties, but the problem was, we film it today. It's on TV nine months from now. Yeah. We filmed stuff last, last week. It's on the app this week. You know, it, it's 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 not a long turnaround at all. You know, just a couple of day turnaround. And so it's it's a really it's a really cool thing. I'm also one of the hosts of a show on there called Pay Dirt. Pay Dirt is all about land improvements. The number one thing searched on the internet is how to. So we're going into anything: how to plant a tree, how to get your timber cut how to build a pond, how to hang a gate. And, you know, we, of course, it's all about land improvement and improving your land. And, um, you know, just short how-tos and and using products on there that, you know, with, with our sponsors and what can help and, you know, what's the do's and what's the don't. So it's a, uh, you know, just just teaching people things and using our knowledge. And, and um, you know, we, we do I do a lot with that on the real estate side and of course Hunt United has been just awesome and it's opened so many cool doors. I had an agent contact me from Montana about hunting on the Milk River on one of their listings this fall. And I've dreamed about hunting on the Milk River ever since I saw Bill Jordan and Michael Waddell hunting on there, you know a hundred you know, twenty years ago. It's just a uh it's always been a dream of mine. So it's 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 a really cool deal and uh like I said it's it's a hundred percent a God thing. And it's the hunting land, man, y'all, you know, you know, that's kind of my thing. Now I'm, I'm the hunting land, man. And that kind of happened by accident. Um, you know, of course we had the TV show and, and I sell real estate. And so Craig and everybody, if y'all have noticed, which I know y'all have, everybody likes to pick on Slade. Apparently I take it well. If it's the hands or the white sunglasses or talking too much, you name it. Uh, they pick on me for hooting too. Ryan loves when I hoot in the morning. Because he gets to pick on me. I think I hoot very good. He just likes to pick on me about it because he knows I like to do it. But, um, you know, they started picking on me and calling me the hunting land man on the TV show. And I started noticing, really catching on with my clients. And they started, like, saying it. And I was like, I'll keep on with that. And then I started using it. Now it's on every piece of branding that I use. So uh, it's, it's like, so definitely a God thing. And it's been a ride. And, and we're still going. We're just getting started. Man, that's well, Slade, awesome. is, there, is there anything you can tell us kind of coming up that's, you know, something in the works, something we can be looking for, anything like that kind of kind of be on that on the lookout for? Um, on the lookout for, well, uh, you know, one of our big sponsors that signed on this year with the app is Chevy, and Slade's going to be in a brand-new Realtree Chevy as of next week, so that's really exciting. You going to give up the old Toyota? Well, it'll still be around. It'll still be around. I can't kill it. It's about to roll over 300,000 miles. But anyway, uh, we're, um, 
I'm uh, I'm getting that truck next week, and actually we were debating, you know, with all this going on, are we going to travel this year? You know, we're going. Uh, well, you know, it's just it's just a lot going on, and you know, you want to take care of your family. Well, me and my wife were talking about it, and she said, "Well, just pray about it. You know what you want to do, because of course we want to produce some good TV." Ryan and I have a lease in Missouri that you know, of course, we're committed a lot of money to, and and uh, I have a tag in Iowa that I drew for uh, turkeys this year. And, you know, it's a certain time and you got to go. And uh, Lori said, pray about it. And I kind of, I said, yeah, I definitely need to do that. And I walked outside and uh, my landowner called me just a little while later and said, hey, look, the place was for sale. We had lease. I got the place contracted. They're going to close in 45 days. So I said, well, Lori, uh, you got my answer. I'm uh, I'm going next week to get my sand and all my <laughs> stuff and uh, kill a couple turkeys. So uh, we are going to be traveling a little bit. Bear Cub and I, I think Ryan's going to try to make it. Not 100% sure yet. So we'll be having some episodes in Missouri and Iowa. That's coming up. But uh, right now, if you haven't downloaded the Realtree 365 app, it's free. You can catch up on the episodes. Uh, we've got Ryan's latest episode. He kills two turkeys on the Pearl River uh, in Kapai County. Uh, that just came out in the last day. I, actually, we haven't even promoted it yet. It just, it just got on the app. And then the next episode will be Lori's episode. And then something to be looking for. And you ain't going to believe it when I say it till you see it. The next episode after that, Bear Cub kills a turkey on one of my properties in Wilkeson County that has three legs and three spurs. And so, I mean, if I don't, if I don't get, you, get your wheels turning about, what, a three-legged turkey... I'm serious. The hard pack turkey's got three legs. You'll see it on two episodes from now. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. A couple of things to be looking at. Seems seem like it's a it's a lot going going on. And uh, man, we uh, we enjoyed it. We're getting toward the end here, Slade. We uh, we enjoyed sitting down with you. It was uh, it's a, it's a good talk. Well, good man. Well, I appreciate y'all having us on. I'll be looking forward to hearing the Uncle Rusty talk and. Uh, and uh, hopefully we can do it again one day, maybe call deer one day. I know all our brains are on turkeys. And good luck to y'all for the rest <laughs> of the turkey season. It's uh, it's getting tougher and tougher around here. The weather's perfect. But, man, I don't know if y'all not go to the woods till 9 o'clock right now. Yeah. Yeah, I know it. Maybe maybe everybody's got a tag or two left. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they can get it. When, uh, and good luck to you, man, on all your travels coming up. It was good talking to you. And, everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. God bless. Well, ain't nothing like a southerner. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio on.